Locked down but not out. I'm double jabbed and bolstered by my booster. We hope you and yours are double vaxxed too, as the podcast can't broadcast without a supportive cast and crew, and that means you. Oh, I've said too much. Take it away, Mr. Showbiz. Hi, hello, and how are you? I'm Sid Griffin. You're riffing with Griffin. It's yet another podcast. Great to be back with you. I know there's been a lot of uh, talk of COVID this and COVID that, but we're back on the air, and it's so good to be here. We have a theme, an original theme. I don't think anyone's done a podcast of this theme. As you know, we've done Christmas broadcasts. We've done blues broadcasts. We've done broadcasts of international music, international indie music, to give the independent bands all around the world a chance and not just let the Yanks and the Brits have at it. And tonight's, we have a really good theme, if you ask me. This is positive, good, groovy music made by people who wore a toupee or a wig. I kid you not. All the music tonight is made by artists that wore a wig or at least a toupee. Now, I'm not making fun of any of these people in any any way, in case you're follically challenged yourself. I'm just saying all of these people wore a toupee or a wig, and some were almost entirely bald, but we'll leave that for another time. In fact, I didn't have time for everybody. Carl Perkins, I apologize now. Anyway, let's get cracking. Here's a guy that wears a toupee. And he's proud of it. And what a great tune. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from the sidewalks of New York, here's Paul Simon. Many is the time I've been mistaken And many times confused Yes, and I've often felt forsaken And certainly misused Oh, but I'm alright I'm alright Just weary to my bones Still, you don't expect to be bright and warm Vivant so far away from home So Don't know a soul who's not been battered I don't have a friend who feels at ease I don't know a dream that's not been shattered Or driven to its knees Oh, but it's alright It's alright For we lived so well, so long Still, when I think of the road we're traveling on I wonder what's gone wrong I can't help it, I wonder what's gone wrong And I dreamed I was dying Dreamed that my soul rose unexpectedly And looking back down at me Smiled reassuringly And I dreamed I was flying And high up above my eyes Could clearly see The Statue of Liberty Sailing away to sea flying But we come on the ship they call the Mayflower We come on the ship that sailed the moon We come in the ages most uncertain hours and sing an American tune Oh, and it's all You can't be forever blessed Still tomorrow's gonna be another working day And I'm trying to get some rest That's all I'm trying to get some rest 
those fingers in my hair That sly come hither stare That strips my conscience bare It's witchcraft And I've got no defense for it The heat is too intense for it What good would common sense for it do? Cause it's witchcraft Wicked witchcraft And although I know it's strictly taboo When you arouse the need in me My heart says yes indeed in me Proceed with what you're leading me to It's such an ancient pitch But one I wouldn't switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you Such an ancient pitch But one that I'd never switch Cause there's no nicer witch than you It's just effortless with him Absolutely just effortless Frank Sinatra, the guy that sings without breaking a sweat. Right, that's, we're starting the show with two New Yorkers, both of them wore a hairpiece. Again, I'm not making fun of anybody. It's just the theme for tonight's show. Because so many people that you think in the pop, rock, jazz genre of popular music, wow, that guy's talented or that lady's talented. And then you uh, find out later, actually, not all is what it seems. Started off with Paul Simon, who did the acoustic American tune from his 1974 live Ryman album. Uh, Lime Rhyming Album, not from the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. No, R-H-Y-M-I-N apostrophe. Came out in 73 when he was still getting away from Art Garfunkel. I think it's important to note that, you know, Paul Simon and and, uh, Frank Sinatra are are both in the New York metropolitan area. Both both very proud New Yorkers have uh, been associated with all sorts of Manhattanite things like the New York Yankees. Actually, they're in the Bronx. But anyway, you know what I mean. So, and each are very much an American icon, someone who's really stood out in the American pop rock post-World War II landscape. Paul Simon, the great singer-songwriter. And I wanted to use the live version because it's just so intimate. Paul Simon ended his Hyde Park show a few years ago with just him all by himself singing Sounds of Silence. It was beautiful. And it brings out the tune. If you can sing the tune just by yourself with an acoustic guitar, it's got to be a great tune, right? So that's Paul. That's American tune. And we've started. Witchcraft. Everyone knows Sinatra... He sings sort of effortlessly, yet soulfully, in the way that uh, Rudy Valley broke a lot of uh, rules in the 20s. He was a new kind of singer. Then Bing Crosby came along. He was the first mass singer, mass popular singer, to use a microphone well. In other words, Rudy Valley really had to belt it the way that so many guys back in the day did. Now, he was very popular for that. But, uh, you know, Crosby, he could use the mic. He'd get really close to the mic and be very intimate. Bu- 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 bu. I'm bing. Sinatra, like later on with Smokey Robinson, Sinatra sang very personally, very intimately. He was obviously a man. He sang masculine-themed songs in, in so many ways. But yet, 
his intimacy, his soulfulness, the weakness, the vulnerability that he showed in his songs was very feminine. And I think that's why Sinatra really, really broke through. And if you disagree with me, what, what can I do? Nothing. What am I going to do? What are you going to do? So anyway, that's Frank Sinatra doing Witchcraft, one of the archetypal songs from his late 50s, into the, well into the 60s, mid-50s, well into the early 60s kind of uh, vibes. that just captures him perfectly. Moving right along, we're going to get out of the uh, Manhattan area. We're going to go to the other side of the country, the Pacific Northwest, the great town of Portland, Oregon, where a baker uh, had a delivery boy who one day told him, you know, you have a band and I can sing too. Well, here's the baker on keyboards and the delivery boy singing. This is Paul Revere and the Raiders featuring Mark Lindsay. Louie, Louie, go home! Sure could, sure could play the blues. Oh, 
just about a, a million sunsets. She said, if you're with me, I'll never go away. That's when I stopped and I took another look at my baby. She said, if you're with me, I'll never go away. Because everybody's got to live. And everybody's gonna die. Everybody better have a, a good time. I think you know the reason why. I had a dream the other night, baby. I dreamt that I was all alone. But when I woke up, I took a look around myself. And I was surrounded by 50 million strong. Oh, yeah! Everybody's gotta live. And everybody's gonna die. Everybody gotta live. Before you know the reason why. Yeah! Ooh, everybody's gotta live. And everybody's gonna die. Gotta love Arthur Lee. That's the Vindicator LP that Fast Freddie Patterson in New York turned me on to. Didn't know anything about it. Now, what you've just heard is uh, Paul Revere and the Raiders of a back announce doing Louie Go Home. I think that's from 66, as I recall. Produced by the great Terry Melcher. Paul Revere was the keyboard player, and Paul Revere was his real name. On lead vocals, Mark Lindsay. Mark Lindsay had a wonderful piece I was reading in some rock and roll online thing talking about how 1967 was not only the best year for rock and roll, it was the best year for him personally. He lived with their producer, Terry Melcher. Melcher produced the Tambourine album and the Turn, Turn, Turn album for the Birds. Melcher was a very talented guy. Two years later, Charles Manson went looking for him and you know what happened in that horrible summer of 1969. But back in the day, Paul Revere and the Raiders were rather bizarre, dr bizarrely dressed, answer to the American uh, to the Rolling Stones, America's answer to the Rolling Stones. I kid you not, they were that good. Now, who's bald? Terry Melcher, the producer, Paul Revere, or Mark Lindsay? I have it on good authority, and my American friends will have their jaws drop at this to the floor. They just won't believe it. But I have it on good authority that Mark Lindsay was extremely challenged in the hair department, and that that ponytail he wore in 65, 66, 67, and then even after that, is a wig. Now, I couldn't believe it when I first found this out, but I've done some research, passed a few dollars to put them into the right hands, made a few discreet inquiries around Hollywood, and it would appear, and I don't want to piss off Mark Lindsay, I've got his email address, he might contact me, but it appears Mark Lindsay of Paul and the Raiders, an incredible sex symbol in the United States in the mid-1960s, was bald, or very, very bald, and that ponytail he had with the ribbon in it, no, 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 it was a wig. Okay, sorry about that. Arthur Lee, it's very commonly known that he was uh, follically challenged. On the Vindicator LP, you can see the, di the two different haircuts. Uh, it's a wig he's wearing on the, on the Love LP cover. Sorry to tell you guys that. Now, the song that we heard Arthur Lee sing is Everybody's Gotta Live. It's for the Vindicator LPs. I've said three times now. It's my mix da -da 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 -da, from the 1997 reissue on A&M Records. Now, listen to this. September 1995, I was sent by the great Nick Stewart, Colonel Stewart, the guy that signed The Long Runners, the guy that signed Killing Joke, the guy that signed U2, to L.A. He says, go in the vault at A&M, Young Griffin, because they'd been sold to Universal, who Nick worked for, and get outtakes on the following, like, 12 artists. So I went through all the vaults and got outtakes on Gene Clark and all these other artists we need to get into now. And I found some Arthur Lee outtakes and me and the great Jimmy Lubinsky in Studio B or C, one of the smaller ones, I think it's C, mixed a lot of this stuff on the lot there in A&M, September 1995. This came out on a Vindicator LP with five extra tracks in 1997, as I said, on the A&M label here in the UK. I, when Jimmy Lubinsky remixed those tracks, we discovered those tracks. I hope you like it. There's an even more polished version of the song heading off that LP. If you want to get the CD reissue, if you want to buy a shop, shop, vinyl version at your local record emporium, used shop, of course. Moving right along, here's a guy walked right by me in Las Vegas. Walked right by me. I didn't know what to do. My friend reached over, shook his hand, and introduced himself. 
Who was the guy? Not my friend. Who was the guy that we walked right by? Here he is, Tony Bennett. Can I turn to when nobody needs me? My heart wants to know, and so I must go where destiny leads me with no start to guide me. I'll go on my way And after the day The darkness will hide me And maybe tomorrow I'll find what I'm after I'll throw off my sorrow Beg, steal, or borrow My share of laughter With you I could learn to With you on a new day Turn to if you turn away with you I could learn to with you on a new day. I have a theory about Tony Bennett and about Mitch Miller and about Columbia Records in the fifties. I feel the reason rock and roll in many ways sounded so, so very different from the saloon singers of Sinatra and Tony Bennett and a lot of that crowd that we kind of, Tony Martin, that we kind of put out of business with rock and roll. Not entirely, but certainly put them way in the back burner. If you listen to that Tony Bennett song, it's called Who Can I Turn To? Brackets, When Nobody Needs Me, end brackets. It's on Columbia Records from the 50s. And Tony Bennett was a huge star from in, on the singles charts from 1950 to about 1954-55 when rock and roll came in, kind of kicked him on the bottom. Same thing like Webb Pierce in the country and western charts. People talk about Hank Williams sold these records in the early 1950s. The guy that, sound, that sold the most singles in Nashville was Webb Pierce from 50 to uh, 54. My theory is that the production is what's holding so many of my contemporaries, uh, my rock and roll friends, away from Tony Bennett and Sinatra and all that crowd. The strings so dominate that track. Who can I turn to when nobody needs me? It's a brilliant song. Listen to the the uh, the band, the small ensemble, and listen to Tony Bennett. He's singing a beautiful song. He's singing straight from the heart, very Caucasian soulful, if you will. It's almost Bono or U2 in this soaring, searching melancholia coming out of his voice, coming out of his soul. But the strings are kind of distracting. I think... One day, if it was a way to take the string section and those kettle drums off all these old records, I swear to God, I think they might be better. Mitch Miller was the A&R guy at CBS back then. He was the kind of guy that you know didn't understand things like Bob Dylan when John Hammond signed Bob Dylan in 61 or 62, whatever it was. He just didn't get it. And I was working at Warehouse Records, 1095 West Broxton Avenue in Westwood, just two blocks and a half, two and a half blocks south of UCLA. I was working at Warehouse Records, a now defunct record chain 
in, uh, in, in West L.A. And Mitch Miller came in. He came in a couple times. He was a lovely guy. He had a very popular show in America, a, a weekly variety show called Sing Along with Mitch, where the family sat around the TV and followed the bouncing ball and sang these sort of show-busy songs. But the guys like that, they just didn't get rock and roll. And I think the respect that's been given to guys like Tony Bennett in the last, say, 10 years, where Tony Bennett headlined Glastonbury. Yes, Tony Bennett headlined the Glastonbury Festival just a few years ago. They had a red carpet for him and everything. He came out in a suit when there was mud and filth everywhere. I think that renaissance for guys like Tony Bennett could have come earlier if so much of the early songs were dominated by strings. Have I beaten this dead horse over and over about the strings? Okay, let's move right along. We've just had that COP26 up in Glasgow. And if you're disappointed with it, I certainly understand. But I think we can all agree at least it was a step in the right direction. And now these moronic United States senators that say there's no global warming or that at least if there is global warming, it's not called by man, caused by man. I think we can now put them out to pasture. Back 50 years ago, a band named Spirit, right after Earth Day, wrote a beautiful song about what's going on now and how we have to address the problems of the earth and sky. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is, Spirit, doing their classic Nature's Way. Nature's weak, telling you something's wrong. It's nature's weak, telling you in a song. It's nature's way of receiving you. It's nature's way of retrieving you. Maybe it doesn't need any percussion. I believe that's a Randy California song. I can hear some of my West Coast friends going, you don't even know if it's Randy California or Jay Ferguson? Or, no, I don't really know. I think it's Randy California. Uh, by the way, Randy California, the guitar player, the genius guitar player in Spirit was named Randy California because Hendrix was forming a band back in New York and doing jam sessions and stuff in 65 or 60, 66, I think it was, at the Cafe Wa. And they had two Randys, uh, two guys named Randy sitting in all the time. So the West Coast guy, Hendrix, looked at him and said, your name's now Randy California. So he changed his name, at least on stage, to Randy California. Nature's Way. Man, that was the COP26 theme, if there ever was one. It's from the album, The Twelve Dreams of Dr. Sardonicus, their biggest chart hit. I think it was the first Spirit album I bought, but certainly, certainly, certainly not the last. It's, they sound, someone was saying they sounded a bit like Mott the Hoople in a way. And, and I, I guess, but they're, uh, well, I don't know. They've left us in this song, Nature's Way, with the perfect and incredibly accurate anthem for our times now, 2021 into 2022. 
And in a way, I wish they hadn't. We're going to blow this planet if we don't stop doing a few certain things. Get rid of them fossil fuels. I'm pointing my finger at you, Larry Stutzman. Just kidding, Larry. Right. Now, from the uh, early days of rock and roll in the, in the, in the 50s and the early 60s, we're going to have Little Richard and the Crystals. Have I given it all away? Come on, Little Richard. Hey, 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 hey.
where Bruce Springsteen got his memorable live cover version that you hear every single holiday season. But before I talk about the Crystals and their original, well, not original, but their version of Santa Claus is coming to town that so inspired the boss, let's go back to the first song we heard of these two. Little Richard doing, hey, 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 going back to Birmingham. Now that is different from hey, 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 Kansas City that the Beatles did, okay? Yes, Little Richard has two songs that go that they're titled hey 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 one is titled hey 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 going back to birmingham okay and one's not that's the one the beatles did that we didn't play 1956 is the year on specialty the great art roop i say great because he's great success and a great influence and a great impact that he had in the record industry i don't know that art personally maybe is not a nice guy but art roop certainly is a great guy by reputation it was the B-side, that song, of Good God and Miss Marley from 1958. So they held it for two years. It was recorded in 56. They held it for two years. It was the B-side of Good God and Miss Marley. Good Lord. Now, if you listen to it, as I have, I was thinking, why? Obviously, the, the beat and all that stuff. And Little Richard, with his telegraph key, that sense of piano playing. But really, who's holding it together? If you ask me, there's, there's uh, intertwined parts and I mean, eat your heart out, Keith Richards and Ron Wood. I mean, eat your heart out, Sterling Morrison and Lou Reed. There's intertwined guitar parts from the great Edgar Blanchard and Ernest McLean. They're, listen, listen to what those two guys are playing if you hear it back again. Really incredible guitar work from, from those two gentlemen, Edgar and, and Ernest. Really very well, very well done. And right after that, Santa Claus is coming to town. Phil Spector. He wore a wig, and if you didn't figure this one out, folks, uh, Little Richard wore a wig. A spirit, by the way, had a bald guy on drums named Ed Cassidy. I should have mentioned that. And uh, yes, Tony Bennett wore a wig. That's the whole point of the show, folks. Get, get with the program, all right? Stay with me. Don't lose me here. I know I talk a lot. So Phil Spector, the great producer, put out an album. He was recording it all through the summer and uh, early fall of 1963 called The Christmas Gift for You. He put his heart and soul to it. It's considered Spectre's LP masterpiece, as much as You've Lost That Lover and Feeling is considered by many, the Righteous Brothers single, I mean, to be his uh, 45 RPM masterpiece. Of course, John Kennedy was assassinated in late November of 1963, and that really took the wind out of the Christmas sales for so many things, including Christmas gift for you from Phil Spector. Phil Spector was a big Kennedy supporter, had his heart broken, didn't do the promotion for it, blah, 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 for the album, blah, blah, blah. Ten years later, in 73, Apple wanted to put it out because the Beatles always worshipped that record of Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector from 63. The Crystals, did they ever sound better on that record? Did they ever? I don't really think so. The song itself was written almost a century ago. Santa, yes, Santa Claus is Coming to Town is almost 100 years old. Written by the great J. Fred Cox and uh, 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 Haven Gillespie. Eddie Cantor, of all people, I was thinking who had the first hit with it. I had to pause there. I had a senior moment. I had to pause there. Eddie Cantor had the first big hit with it. He didn't have the first version. But he had the first big hit with it. I think Christmas 1934. Yeah, talk about a long time ago. Here's a guy who's literally one of my contemporaries. I was up in Scotland, says he, shifting from the Crystals and Little Richard to a contemporary uh, and a Kentuckian. He was born in Kentucky. He was raised in Ohio. My fellow Kentuckian, who's uh, my age, was born within a year of me. I was up. Who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? I'm going to tell you. Hang on. So I was up in uh, Golders Green. Oh, God. I think the late 1990s. No, I've got the two stories. I, I was in Perth, Scotland, and I was at Gold Rush Records, which is no longer there, run by John Thompson. It's no longer there. John and Barclay, I was waiting for them to come have lunch with me. So I'm in their store, and I'm pulling out CD booklets and reading them. And there was a CD by Mojo Nixon with Jello Biafra, the old singer from um, the band that did Holiday, the Dead Kennedys, the band that did Holiday in Cambodia. So I'm, stay with me. I'm reading these liner notes and it says the thank yous. And Mojo's thank yous were like, thank this guy, comma, thank this name, comma, thank this name, comma. And in the middle of Mojo's thank yous, it said, Dwight Yoakam is bald as a cue ball. And I just started laughing because Dwight Yoakam... Uh, is uh, incredibly balled up on top. He's got Sergeant Bilko hair on the sides. He's also an artist that when Lenny Wanaker of Warner Brothers Records, the great Lenny, was was dragged to see him play, see Dwight play about 84, I guess it was 84. He contacted Dwight's people. He contacted the A&R department of Warner Brothers and, and Dwight's people and said, 
Don't change a thing. This is the whole package. This guy's about perfect. And Lenny Warnaker was right. By God. Dwight Yoakam, Purple Rain. Come on, let me hear it. Yes, Purple Rain by a country singer. Cause you any sorrow I never meant to cause you any pain Only wanted one time to see you laughing I only wanted to see you laughing In the purple rain Purple rain, purple rain steal you from another And it's such a shame that our friendship ever had to end Purple rain Purple rain something new and it means you too and you say you want a leader but you can't make up your mind I think you better close it and let me guide you to the purple rain a purple rain ain't purple rain oh purple
down and red. Put your hands together. Thank you. Man, can that woman sing? Unbelievable. the show I was talking about working at Warehouse Records uh, south of UCLA in, in Westwood on Broxton Avenue. And, and when I got there to work, it was my first ever job in Southern California. This is October 1977, my first ever job outside of the state of Kentucky. I moved out there to make something of myself. So I go to work like, you know, the first two or three days, I'm really nervous. The, are the big bad Californians going to hurt me? And I'm talking, there was a, a, an elderly gentleman, an African-American elderly gentleman that loved his jazz and loved a lot of horn music, be it Otis Redding or, or whatever, you can imagine. And we were talking about uh, music and he said, he finally said, Sid, where are you from? And I said, Kentucky. He said, where? Louisville. He says, do you know the Golden Horseshoe in Lebanon, Kentucky? That's a gig. And Lebanon's a town. The... And I said to this gentleman, yeah, I do. How do you know it? He goes, oh, I used to play there all the time. I said, who are you with? And he said, the Ike and Tina Turner Review. And I went, what? He said, when we with the, I said, when were we with the Ike and Tina Turner Review? And he said, oh, God, I guess I joined in the mid-60s, and I, I, I kind of bailed on him around 72, 73. So he might be on that track, Sweet Rhode Island Red. Talk about a story. Woo! No, I can't remember his name. Both Ike and Tina wore wigs. But before that, why did Dwight Yoakam do Purple Rain? It's from his bluegrass album that's, I think, two years old now, three years old now, called three years old now, called Swoon Pools, Movie Stars, which is, of course, a phrase from the Beverly Hillbillies theme. It's a bluegrass LP, and Dwight thought, I'm a Kentuckian, I've had this great success with, with honky-tonk country and western. Why don't I cut a, because uh, where Dwight's from in eastern Kentucky is like bluegrass central. It's ground zero bluegrass, really. He says, I'll record a bluegrass album. When they were finishing up the album in 2016, the guys took a break and somebody came running in and said, Prince is dead. And they turned on the radio and the TV and they heard all about it. And Dwight said, somebody said, let's do a uh, tribute to Prince. And somebody said, well, what can we do? Because, you know, that's kind of a funk soul thing. And Dwight's Dwight. And Dwight said, I got an idea already. Purple Rain. They did an arrangement of Purple Rain. And that's what we heard just before Ike and Tina Turner, really Tina Turner in this instance, doing Sweet Rhode Island Red. Who would know that Dwight could be linked to Tina Turner and that Tina Turner, Ike Turner, and Dwight all wore wigs at times in their careers? Who knew? Who cares? I don't know. I had to have some theme for the show, so this is the one I came up with. That funky clavinet on Sweet Rhode Island Red. Oh, man, you know that was cut when I was in high school. I'm going to go with 7071 on that thing. Is that record cool? Did Dwight Yoakam do a great job rearranging Purple Rain into kind of a bluegrass ballad? Come on, what you talking about, man? Now, when Monster came out, a lot of people thought this is the first R.E.M. album that's not essential. Oh, yeah? Listen to this song. When I call on the telephone And I don't know what you mean to me But I want to turn you off, turn you off, figure you out, sign you off want to make you mine These words You will be mine Whoa! 
got a new amp and a new guitar for that Christmas. When Monster came out, it was, as I said, the first REM album that wasn't considered essential. I quite liked it. It had, what's the frequency? Kenneth, which I thought was one of their best ever songs. That song is called Strange Currencies. A very soulful thing. Stipe, well, they're Georgia guys, so they do a pretty good Otis Redding, because he's, of course, a Georgia boy, as is James Brown, as is the previously heard Little Richard. They're soulful guys, those REM guys. They could have put out a record called Psychedelic Country Soul, now that I think about it, much less the Longriders. Anyway, Stipe is a great singer. I like that song a lot. It's very Stax Volt, but done in a college radio alternative forward slash indie way. Now, that version is not the version that was on the Monster album that came out 26 years ago or 27 years ago. That is on the Monster 25th anniversary box set or three CD set, whatever it is, collection, where you have remixed versions from Scott Litt and all that kind of crowd. It came out, I don't know what, 18 months ago? It's it's remixed. It's not exactly what was on the album originally, but I just A-beat them and played them back to back. I thought that was better. So anyway, who in the band wears a wig? Nobody. But Stipe had, a, Stipe had by his own admission, Michael Stipe. Billy Bragg introduced him to Michael Stipe. Hey, somebody's dropping all these names. Um... But it's true. I found one option. Holly's nails on Greater X Street. Would you like that one? What the hell was that? No, I don't give a damn about Holly's nails on manicures. Those was serious uh, coming into my phone. Sorry about that. Boy, did that throw me. I thought Michael Stipe was complaining about me. Anyway, Stipe, by his own admission, said he had the longest ponytail in Georgia. And of course, now he's quite bald. Looks kind of like Moby. Or Moby looks kind of like Michael Stipe. Either way you want to go around it. They're both kind of Yule Brenner these days. So, right, that's the show. Everybody on this show, male or female, has been challenged in the hair department or in Tina Turner's case. She certainly never went bald. She just wore, wore a lot of crazy wigs. So, yes, when you hear her and see her saying, what's love got to do with it? That crazy-ass wig, it's not her real hair. But don't hold it against her. Same thing with Simon Sinatra, Mark Lindsay, Arthur Lee, Tony Bennett, guys you know, uh, Ed Cassidy of Spirit, blah, 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 everybody in the show, Phil Spector. Dwight, who cares? They're all great artists. In fact, almost all of them are American. Did I do that accidentally? Or Everybody in tonight's show, was, or everyone in today's show, was a, a, a yank. Oh my God, this must be my reaction to having three shows in a row. We did the indie bands from Russia and, and Japan and all that stuff. Oh my God, everyone's an American. I feel almost embarrassed about this. Anyway, I'm sorry we only had, I'm not sorry, but we only had the one Christmas song, and here it is. It's November, it's almost December, but I can't do another Christmas show. There's about three of these podcasts up online. They're already Christmas shows. My name is Sid the Squid. You've been riffing with Griffin. It's been an absolute gas. As ever, from Souther Still, Mr. Kevin Stokes is our engineer. We literally love Kevin Stokes to bits. As ever, Sonia did the announcement that brought us into this show. And as ever, 
I want everybody to get vaccinated and then get a booster and then stop spreading germs and let's get out of this mess. Let's have gigs. Let's go to baseball games. Let's go to footy games. Let's have parties. They'll be dancing in the streets and necking in the parlors. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of here. I'm Sid Griffin. Have a wonderful holiday season. And if you're listening to this in the year 2024 or 2025, forget what I just said. Hey, Shecky, get the jet. I am so gone. It's unbelievable.